This is the West Virginia Soccer Association Beyond the Pitch podcast on the WVSA Digital Network. From the Sport Pens International Studios in Charleston, West Virginia, here's your host, Marcus Cole. Welcome to the podcast. We have another great show for you. But before we welcome our guests, I want to remind you to like, subscribe, and share our program. Now, this helps us get the word out to others and let them know that we're providing valuable information designed for soccer players, coaches, referees, and parents right here on the WVSA Digital Network. With us today is Lauren Link, Registered Dietitian, Director of Sports Nutrition at Purdue University. First time on the program. Lauren, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. We appreciate you being here and taking time out of your schedule. Um, Lauren, if you do not follow her on Instagram, has a wonderful uh, series going on on her Instagram feed called Hashtag Marketing Madness. And basically what Lauren does is she takes a product that's commonly used by athletes and she breaks down the messages behind some of the things, some of the claims that are made by uh, these products and kind of gives you a little bit more information, uh, you know, not designed to slam the product in any way, shape, or form, but just to kind of allow people to make a better, more informed decision on whether they want to consume the product. So uh, looking through her feed, and we uh, came up with five products that are probably um, consumed by youth soccer players here in the state that we're going to go over and uh, ask Lauren to kind of dissect a little bit and uh, find out a little bit more uh, about those products. Now, Lauren, before we dive into those products, why don't you go ahead and just tell our audience a little bit more about you, briefly explain uh, your qualifications and your experience. Sure. So, um, like you mentioned briefly, I'm currently the Director of Sports Nutrition at Purdue. Um, So I oversee all of our um, sports nutrition operations at Purdue, um, and I'm one of four full-time dietitians that we have on staff. And I currently work with um, football, men's basketball, soccer, and volleyball. Um, and I actually played soccer in college. Um, I played at Purdue as well. So um, I've, I've been around Purdue for quite some time at this point. Um, and ultimately, you know, I think you guys do a great job of getting credentialed folks, you know, experts on different subjects. Um, so I am a registered dietitian, and I'm also a certified specialist in sports dietetics. Um, and a lot of nutrition information out there is not coming from credentialed people. So I love when uh, people try to get credentialed people um, to talk about that. Yeah, that's a big uh, thing that we see just with the age of social media. Anybody can come on and be a quote-unquote expert. And that's the reason why we go into, you know, we do a lot of research on the folks that we have on the show and, um, you know, making sure that they're uh, the type of message that, it should be out there for our athletes to make educated choices about their fueling plans and their nutritional needs and things along that line. So like I said, we're really happy to have you on the program. So this Instagram campaign that you have going on, hashtag marketing madness, and folks can go out there on their Instagram and put that in their search and you'll come up with all these, uh, all these different posts from, from Lauren. So one of the first products let's go ahead and talk about is simply pop tarts. I would think this would be probably, a popular item amongst our youth soccer players. Talk to us about Simply Pop-Tarts. Sure. So I think Simply Pop-Tarts, I don't know if people have seen the packaging or not, but, um, you know, it just kind of looks healthier, right? It's got some natural colors. Um, It uses some of that packaging that kind of jumps out at people of like, oh, like that must be healthier, right? And it's it's Simply Pop-Tarts. Um, and 
it's it's kind of funny because as you break down the label, it's really not much different at all. Um, and I think that product um, specifically is a good example of of just how like packaging can kind of guide our choices sometimes. Um, so you know, a couple a couple small differences. It does not use high fructose corn syrup. Um, but it still uses regular corn syrup, um, and the actual sugar difference between normal Pop-Tarts and Simply Pop-Tarts is about three grams, um, which is, I mean, teeny tiny, right? Um, it does use no artificial dyes. So for, you know, the very small percentage of people that have an issue with artificial dyes, like that could be a plus for them. Um, but honestly, other than that, like there's really not a big difference. Um, and I think, I guess too, I would point out that, you know, could, could Pop-Tarts be a a balanced breakfast? I mean, by themselves, no, they're not the best choice for breakfast by any means. Could they sometimes be a fun breakfast or, you know, a quick, convenient breakfast if you paired it with like a protein source, like a yogurt or milk or something? Yeah, they could fit in that. But, um, I would say like, is a simply Pop-Tart any more nutritious than a normal Pop-Tart? Not really. Um, it's certainly not going to magically make a pop tart now a, a good breakfast choice. Um, yeah, so. yeah. I mean, you're 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 correct in regards to the packaging, and and that's you know a lot, what a lot of companies do is they change up their packaging a little bit and maybe make one or two small modifications to sort of slip themselves into that all natural category. And you know, and a lot of this stuff is is not regulated to an extent or, you know, the ability to use certain words um, that they can and can't use. Because, I mean, there are certain guidelines from the FDA that if you say this word, it has to meet this minimum requirement. So, you know, maybe they can't use the word natural, but simply, you know, is pretty close to natural. It is. And actually, natural is a funny example because there's really not any regulation around natural either like all natural is actually not um very well regulated and doesn't mean a whole lot either um but you're absolutely right there is there are some things that are pretty well regulated by the fda in terms of uh, labeling and there's a whole lot of words and phrases that are not regulated at all um and so and companies love to slap those on everything and i actually laughed with um the simply pop tart the the flavor that I chose when I posted about them was harvest strawberry, you know, and just little things like that make me chuckle because it, they're the same strawberries that are going in the the normal frosted strawberry pop tarts. Um, but you know, seeing harvest and seeing the brown packaging um, for some people, it just things like, oh, that must be healthier. I'll grab that one. Yeah, especially when it's up against you know the the normal pop tarts, and there you're thinking, oh, well, we're going to get pop tarts, and it's oh, look look at this, it's simply pop tarts. This has to be a lot healthier, so we put it in put it in the shopping cart. It's kind of crazy, right? All right, let's go ahead and move on to our next item. Uh, I know I see a lot of this in the <laughs> supermarket. It's the lunchable kits. You know, whether you find it from Oscar Mayer, you find it from Hormel, but these little meal kits that you get. Talk to us about those. Yeah, so I think the one um, that you're referencing is kind of similar in that the packaging maybe jumps out first. Um, so, I mean, there's all kinds of brands. The one that I chose to, to point out was the Hormel Natural Choice. Um, and again, it's a really good um, example of like natural, right? Um, 
And so they have, you know, kind of brown, um, earthy looking packaging. They have 100% natural on the front of the label, which, like I just said, um, it just doesn't mean a whole lot. Um, and then I, I laugh because under the 100% natural, there's a little asterisk that says, except for the flatbread pizza sauce and the M&M candies. So I'm <laughs> guessing they're referencing the pepperoni or something is 100% natural. But um, but those are the things that they don't put in big print, right? Um, so, yeah, I mean, kind of similar to the Pop-Tarts. Um, it, it just is the the packaging and the marketing that looks, looks fancy, looks healthier. Um, and I actually, the, the one I chose, like I said, Hormel, um, I actually compared it to a Lunchable, just like your standard run-of-the-mill Lunchable. And the Lunchable actually had more protein. Um, the Hormel had more total fat and more saturated fat um, and more sugar in general. Um, and the Lunchables had more fiber. So it's just kind of funny, like by a lot of definitions and not that they were, you know, any like wildly large changes or um, differences, sorry, but, but by all of those metrics, which most of which we'd think, oh yeah, you know, that could kind of define whether something was a healthier choice or not. The Hormel was actually less healthy by a lot of those standards than the fancy looking, um, or sorry, the Hormel fancy one was less healthy than the normal Lunchables. Yeah, you bring up so many great points and, you know, and I want to make sure that we're reiterating to our audience that we're not out here trying to bash uh, these different foods or these different products and stuff like that. We're basically just trying to get uh, you and your child, your athlete to focus a little bit more on what's actually inside a lot of these products and, and be thoughtful uh, when you make your feeling choices. And especially for a lot of these players that, um, want to achieve great things uh, when it comes to their athletic career. They want to go on and play Division One college soccer. They want to go on to, you know, professional ranks or whatever the case may be, Olympic development program, regional and national teams, or you know, it, it just all those types of things. Nutrition becomes such a big part of it, and being able to go in and thoughtfully and being self-aware enough to look at the packaging and see what you're uh, consuming in your body. Cause honestly, a lot of our athletes don't do that. And it's, it's an underlooked advantage that you can have over your opponent in um, making sure that what you're fueling your body is going to be what your body needs to perform at the level you want it to perform at, or whatever the need is of what level you're competing at, uh, at a given moment or a given time. So kind of want to just make that point to, to our, to our, uh, uh, folks out there that are listening to the show. We're talking with Lauren yeah. Link, uh, registered dietitian, director of sports nutrition at Purdue University. Um, another one, and I know this is very popular, um, especially from the wording that these companies use. Let's talk about body armor sport water. You, you hear that name and you think, wow, this must be good stuff. Talk to us about that. Yeah. So, I mean, anymore, there are like a million waters out there right um and a million sports beverages and and what have you so <clears throat> body armor is definitely a brand that has gained a lot of momentum um over the last i don't know you know few years um so i think it's it's natural to see that and think oh yeah like this must be good um 
And so the body armor sport water specifically is alkaline water. And um, kind of like you mentioned, like this is not a knock at specific products. It doesn't, most of the products that I, you know, kind of pick on per se, it's not that they're bad. It's just that the marketing can be misleading, right? Um, and so the sport water is, is just kind of funny. Um, so I will tell you like pH water or alkaline water it's the biggest waste of money that I, I see almost with athletes. I mean, there are a lot of silly things that our athletes buy, but pH water is just about the silliest um, because it is way more expensive and it does not change your pH. And what I always tell athletes is you don't want it to change your pH. If you actually could change your pH by drinking water or eating a certain product or food, you would die. Our body does a really good job of keeping our pH at a very specific level. You know, we have organs dedicated to keeping our pH balanced. Um, and so the fact that these companies are making, you know, a gajillion dollars on selling this premise of changing your pH is just kind of laughable um, because we're not changing our pH and, and we wouldn't want to. So um, no pH change is happening past your stomach. Um, I will tell athletes, you know, sure, there's a potential that you could lower the pH of your stomach very briefly. Um, and, and some people find that maybe it settles their stomach a little bit, you know, but, um, but yeah, you're not changing the pH. So that's a big waste of money. Um, and, and like I said, there are a number of pH waters out there and I see it being used at all levels by athletes. Um, so you can definitely save your money and, and not, not use that. And then the, um, the sport water specifically that we mentioned at first also talks about their proprietary electrolyte formula, um, which also made me chuckle um, because it basically has no electrolytes. And so, you know, if athletes are using, um, if athletes are using hydration products, whether it's a sports drink or a water or something, um, and it should have electrolytes yes if you're a heavy sweater for sure you should be using a product that has electrolytes but even if you're not like the heaviest sweater you could certainly benefit from using an electrolyte product um this product mentions their proprietary blend which is magnesium potassium and calcium um i will tell you you lose very little magnesium and calcium in your sweat like trace amounts um you do lose some potassium but that's actually by no means the most important electrolyte the most important electrolyte is sodium and this product has zero sodium and really not even very much potassium. Um, so, again, it's just, in my opinion, marketing madness, right? People see this product and think, ooh, pH water, ooh, proprietary electrolytes. And really, if they don't know how to evaluate the label, they don't realize that they're getting, you know, nothing, no benefit from the pH and basically no electrolytes. Yeah. So you should always look for a product that has sodium um, as the main electrolyte and you know some potassium certainly can be helpful but um, sodium should always be our our primary electrolyte we're trying to replace and especially we, we make these dis- fueling decisions sometimes on the fly on the road um, you know so when we go into a convenience store and we see the choices sitting there in front of us and you see sport water you know ph you know changes and you know a, a proprietary electrolyte formula and you're like oh yeah there we go and you know we grab it we take it out to the car on the way home from a tournament or match or whatever and that 
that suffices and we think that we're doing great things where we, you know, we're not doing the research that probably we need to do. And this is the reason why we do podcasts like this is just to kind of point out different things and, and hopefully our athletes and our parents that, you know, buy a lot of the stuff for the athletes are more mindful um, when it comes to feeling the athletes uh, in their lives. On to the next uh, product that we have, and this really, you know, you say uh, a lot of the things make you chuckle. This really made me chuckle was the Skippy Protein Peanut Butter because <laughs> I thought peanut butter had protein in it. So I, are we getting super-duper amounts of protein? What's the deal with this one? Yeah, and so this is just one of probably a million products that you could find anymore that tout, you know, protein on the front of the label. Um so a couple funny things about this. For one, um, you know, not only does it call itself Skippy Protein, you know, peanut butter, it also um, is peanut butter blended with, <clears throat> excuse me, plant protein, which is funny because peanuts are a plant protein. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it's just like throwing buzzwords on the front of the label. Um, for what it's worth, you know, peanut butter is not a high protein food by any means, but it does have protein naturally. Um, I would never tell an athlete, you know, like, oh, use peanut butter to get your protein in at that meal or, um, or that snack, but it can certainly contribute, right? So um, it's, it's more of a higher fat food, a high healthy fat food, um, but, but it does have some protein. And so when you compare this Skippy's, you know, if you compare this protein peanut butter to Skippy's regular peanut butter, um, this has three grams more protein per two tablespoons. Um, and two tablespoons is give or take, you know, a pretty normal amount for someone to slap on a piece of bread or a banana or something. So at the end of the day, I mean, three grams, it, it's just so minimal, right? Um, but they have put in bold, large print across the front protein. Um, and this is a perfect example of like, is it hurting anything? You know, no, those few extra grams aren't hurting anything and, and sure if you want to like squeeze in a few extra grams here and there knock yourself out um but to call it protein peanut butter um is a bit much and if someone were using this not looking at the label thinking oh i'll just use more you know to get more protein well it's still that healthy fat food and it's still pretty high calorie food um so i could see in some instances where people might kind of load up on calories unknowingly thinking like oh I'm getting this protein food um so so yeah this is just one of many many examples um of of foods that have protein added that make me roll my eyes we're talking with Lauren Link, registered dietitian, director of sports nutrition at Purdue University. She has a series on her Instagram called hashtag marketing madness. We encourage you to go search her out and see all the different products. And it's not even necessarily just for uh, our youth players, but also for us adults as well that we can search into. So she has a lot of good stuff there. As we kind of wrap up the podcast here, Lauren, uh, let's go into one more. And it's actually a product that I have purchased just uh, for my kids, um, liquid IV, which uh, I guess states on it that you are going to be super, super hydrated uh, <laughs> by by using this product. So talk to us a little yeah. bit about that. Yeah, so um, I have a ton of athletes who like using liquid IV. Um, you know, I have 
colleagues that use liquid IV. So this is a perfect example. Like, is it a bad product? No, by by no means is it a bad product. And actually, compared to a lot of the hydration products that I've broken down over you know the last year or two, um, it's actually a pretty good hydration product in that it actually does have a notable amount of electrolytes. You know, it has a good amount of sodium in it. Um, it's got potassium. It's got some carbohydrate or sugar in it. Um, and all of those things make for a good hydration product. Um, the the reason that they got picked on is because of the marketing. Um, and so, yeah, they, they claim to be a hydration multiplier um, and essentially say that, you know, by using one stick of their product in one glass of water, it magically equals drinking three glasses of water. Um, and there's the only truth that you could find to that would be that electrolytes help our body retain water so you could argue like sure if you drink a product with electrolytes you're more likely to retain some of that fluid that you're drinking um but is there any exact science to you know exactly how much more we're going to retain and is it triple no i mean that depends on so many factors right um, and I also think it's kind of funny because, you know, an elite level athlete who's sweating a lot, yeah, like they, they do need a lot of sodium and maybe they would be at risk to be like kind of deficient at times based on their training or how much they're sweating. But the average person um, has generally plenty of sodium in our diet, right? Um, so to assume that now we're going to like magically retain all this extra water because we've had their hydration stick uh, is, is a bit silly. And, um, and I think too, so, so that's one part, the hydration multiplier, um, is a, is a bit of an eye roll for me. And then they talk a lot about their breakthrough technology, <clears throat> their cellular transport technology, which magically shuttles, you know, the, the water via your system and, and makes you keep it longer, better. I, I can't tell exactly how they describe it, but what it breaks down to is they've made it isotonic solution, which essentially just means it's easy for your gut to absorb um, and you can use it better, which is fine that they've done that and that they want to talk about it. But A, it's not breakthrough. Um, it, to my knowledge, the first company to do it was Gatorade about 50 years ago. Um, <laughs> you know, they've been making an isotonic solution for decades. Um, and, and I'm sure many other sports products are doing the same. Um, you know, you do that by adding sodium, electrolyte, and some glucose, um, which is kind of your basic sports drink um, recipe. So, again, not a bad product, but certainly you could see how someone would read this and think, oh, my gosh, like, this sounds so much better. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna grab this. Um, and, man, I, you know, I'm thinking about their box. Um, and it just, I mean, there were so many things that kind of made me chuckle. Um, they talk about dehydration occurs daily in three out of four people. Um, and I couldn't find a study on that. My guess is that they probably literally just made it up, right? And companies do that all the time because who's checking? Um, you know, we see that, but we're, are we thinking like, okay, well, how do they determine that three out of four people are dehydrated? Who did they ask? Um, you know, what was the sample size? Did they just go into a room of people and determine that three-fourths of them were dehydrated? Um, and especially since they don't include the study anywhere on their website or anything, it kind of leads me to believe that it was not a very well-done study, if done at all. 
Um, yeah, because they a lot of people, you know, were the number one car dealership in the area. It's like, okay, well, you know, what area are you talking about? You know, are we talking total number of cars? Okay, you got, you know, eight different brands underneath one umbrella at one location. Well, if, yeah, you're going to beat the local Ford guy or Chevy guy or whatever, you know, where is this information? Yeah. Did you walk into a room of four people and say, Hey, are you dehydrated? And three of them go, yeah, we're dehydrated. Okay. Well, there's, there's our study, you know, and, and everybody does it. I mean, it's amazing. The, the, the claims that folks can make based upon the least amount of information, but you're, you're right on target with that. Yeah. So you're right. I mean, it's, it's wild how prevalent it is. Um, I always encourage people like if companies are referencing studies or things like that, um, even if this can be harder to do, if you don't have a background where you've kind of looked at research or know how to, how to pick it apart. So I understand that a lot of people probably aren't equipped to necessarily go like really, you know, scrutinize a research study, but you can do a few things for one, like, can you even find it? right? Um, does it exist somewhere? That's always a good sign if you can find it at all. Um, and you could do a couple things just in terms of like one, trying to find out who um, sponsored it. And I will tell you right now, a lot of studies out there that find positive correlations or positive results for a product were funded by the product. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that always makes it, it doesn't mean that it's necessarily wrong or, or that it's made up, but definitely gives me pause right because the company has funded the study and it's magically you know finding all these great results um you will very rarely find a study that was funded by the company that found bad things about the product or if they did they're certainly probably not sharing it right right yeah that that, um, so that, who, that study got buried immediately <laughs> yes exactly so who funded the study and then um, if you're able to just see like how many people were in the study um you know if it's anything like and 20 people, I'm, I'm not very impressed, right? If you're talking hundreds or certainly thousands of people, then I might say, okay, you know, like this, this could carry some weight, but a lot of studies will have, you know, like eight participants and it's like, uh, okay, we haven't really deduced much from these eight people. Um, and was it even done in people? That's the last thing I'd say is, was it even done in humans? So many studies that products reference were done in petri dishes or rats or pigs or something. And not that we can't gain anything from those kinds of studies, but it's a far leap to just apply what you saw in a petri dish or in a rat to human. Um, so those are a few of the most common things I see in terms of how companies manipulate the studies that they talk about. Um, and if you are willing to do a little bit of research, a little bit of digging, um, sometimes you can, you can find those things out for yourself. And you nailed it right on the head. We have to be, and I, I, I preach this to my children, you know, I preach this to everybody that I talk to. We have to get past headline reading. We have yeah. to get past that. We, I mean, I know our lives are busy. I know that we've got so many things going on with work, kids, life in general, your social life, everything, you know, you may have, you know, elderly parents, sick parents, family issues type thing, but we got to get past headline reading and, and, and do at least a little bit of research and a lot of this stuff. And I promise you parents that if you do, it'll be more beneficial to not only you, but also your child, your athlete, um, it'll just be extremely beneficial. Um, 
Now, Lauren, before we wrap things up here, um, you are a wonderful follow on social media. Uh, we follow Lauren on her Instagram. Like I said, that's how we discovered her with her uh, hashtag marketing madness. We encourage you to check out her series on Instagram. Where can folks find you on social media platforms? Yeah, I um, am at link to nutrition. So my last name link to nutrition um, on Instagram, Twitter, um, a little bit of Facebook, but Instagram and Twitter are definitely where you'll, you'll mostly find me. And we'll make sure to tag Lauren in all of our posts about this podcast so that you guys can go follow her and uh, see all the wonderful uh, fire spitting information she's putting out there for the world. So we certainly appreciate it. Uh, Lauren Link, registered dietitian, director of sports nutrition at Purdue University. Thank you so much for coming on the program today. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. And thank you for listening to the podcast. We really appreciate it. Remember, make sure you like, subscribe, and share our program here on the WVSA Digital Network. Thank you for listening to the West Virginia Soccer Association Beyond the Pitch podcast. You can catch a brand new episode every Thursday morning here on the WVSA Digital Network. Or find us on our social media platforms at WVSoccer. Copyright 2021. All rights reserved.